0: hey 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 you radical dudes and dude ants. that's right we're back again with another mm, totally tubular as the kids say episode of background noise yeah now if you found that, that 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 just happened pretty strange well then i suppose we're pretty on brand because this week we are once again talking about stranger things this time we are looking at season two that came out one year after season one as things usually do but you know, as usual, uh, we're your hosts. I'm Joseph. I'm Jack. And I'm Joe. Oh, yeah. And we are going to look at Stranger Things. And, well, we're just going to, well, before we talk about anything, uh, we've got a couple things to uh, just, you know, kind of bring up. We had a, well, we, Resident Streamer Dude Joe, had a very good stream. Uh, Pokemon Coliseum, I think.
1: Uh, first of all i identify as resident cool guy joe
0: okay resident cool (laughs) streamer guy joe very well very well we we respect pronouns here um (laughs) yes yes it's (laughs) It's news to me (laughs) yeah whoa whoa. (laughs) anyway yeah uh there was uh joe had a very nice stream where we happen to be guest stars me and jack and we talked a little bit about the classic ferris bueller's day off so if you're, uh, interested in, a, was it just another, another hit us going over another hit and some, uh, Pokemon gameplay in the background, uh, ironically enough, uh, then uh, yeah, go check it out. Uh, I, will, I think I will that's say, pretty much, oh, sorry. Go well, ahead,
1: I will say, uh, I don't know when, when this episode is going to go up tomorrow. I think that, okay. This episode goes up tomorrow. on Wednesday. I will be streaming the day this comes up, um, at around 7pm Eastern Standard Time If you're not in Eastern Standard Time Convert that uh, into your time zone um, So if you want to hang out with me While I continue to play through pokeball Coliseum and chat about other movies Feel free to do so I thought you were about to tell our audience to convert themselves To Eastern Standard Time <laughs> Yes, please convert yourself into An Eastern Standard Time
0: Eastern Seaboard, move Now To you.
1: <laughs> your yes. job
0: well i do think that's all of our current announcements uh nothing nothing too big on the on the sheet i was i was given just a small piece of paper by jack also something at the bottom that says get on with it Hmm, wow okay thank you jack (laughs) anyway anyway why don't you uh start us off joe with a little recap for folks who haven't seen it well first of all spoilers obviously For season one and season two of Stranger Things, go watch it. It's not too bad. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, uh, hey, Netflix is boosting their prices, so you might need to uh, use (laughs) a 30-day free trial or another method. But uh, yeah, you know, just uh, see where you can. Anyway, Joe, take us away.
1: All right, so we start off uh, Stranger Things season two with kind of a recap of, I mean, if you watch it on Netflix, you'll literally get a recap. But also we get, a, we get a bit of a, here is where everyone is at. So we find out that um, uh, police chief Hopper, Jim Hopper, has adopted Elle and is now, I mean, not like officially, not legally, but has taken her in and they're living in a cabin where they have a bunch of rules to keep her safe from the bad men. Um, we know that, you know, Mike, Will, Dustin... And Lucas are all hanging out, being friends. You know, they're at a higher grade level now, chilling out, still being the weirdos that they are. Um, Nancy and Steve are still dating. Uh, Jonathan is still being weird, which is pretty much his (laughs) modus operandi. And um, who who am I forgetting? Uh, uh, Mrs. Joyce Byers is, uh, you know, being dealing with being a mother who has almost, who had lost her son in the upside down for a month and being hyper overprotective. Um, so we get a few different plot lines of each of these characters dealing with stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll do the one that's probably the shortest first, I think. I think the shortest plot line is that Nancy and Steve are not having the best of relationships because Nancy can't get over the fact that they never actually told anyone that Barbara died. And so eventually that causes them to break up she teams up with jonathan they go and they get a recording of the people the government people talking about what happened and they take it to some conspiracy theorist guy who publishes the story and gets the government building shut down that gets the hawkins lab shut down that's probably the shortest story because after they do that they join back in with the rest of characters fighting monsters Uh, a lot of things going on this season Yeah, we have a lot of moving parts going on in this season. We also get, um, I think the next shortest story is probably Elle's story, or at least the most coherent story is Elle's story, which is she's getting more and more upset with Hopper because he's dealing with his own problems. And so eventually she decides to run away and try to find her family. She finds her mom, finds that she's kind of catatonic, but also maybe able to psychically communicate with her. And her mom tells her about... Using this weird psychic connection, tells her about another kid that she saw in the Hawkins lab facility. Uh, who Elle tracks down, they team up, they go on a vision quest together where they go and they beat up a bunch of people basically uh, to make themselves feel better. But then Elle realizes that it doesn't make her feel better and she needs to go help her friends instead. And she so then she returns to come save the day, basically just like she did in the first season, like you throw her, she's the queen. Right, like in chess, she's the queen, you throw her at things and she kills them. Um then I think the most uh, we also have Hopper who is dealing with um a weird mundane problem where all of the neighbor all of the farmers' pumpkins are dying. Oh, what's going on there? Well, it turns out there there's a magical plant vine thing that's growing out from Hawkins' lab. That the the gap into the underground, the hole into the underground is still open. And stuff is spreading from out of it and growing into our world and it's killing all the plants. And so that's the thing that he's dealing with that's keeping him from being with Elle, which is what makes her get obsessed when she runs away. And then I think the most, like, I don't know if it's the most convoluted, but the most detailed part of the plot is dealing with the four boys.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and now a new girl comes in. The and that, you There's
1: you know, three new characters. Characters. Yeah, we get We get the new character of mad max uh maxine i can't remember her last name does she have a last name she does but i don't think it gets directly mentioned does it yeah i don't I remember don't, maybe uh we have we have maxine her older stepbrother, billy she's not she's not his sister as he gets very upset about several times true. um and then we get um I mean, we also get their parents, but they're basically non-entities of characters. Um, so Mad Max is hanging. I'm going to call her that the entire time. because I'm not Sure. sure. We'll nickname. Might as well. um, mostly Dustin and Lucas are interested in her as a potential love interest, but Dustin also has the thing where he found the weird slug creature that Will threw up at the end of season one. So mm-hmm. Dustin actually gets a lot of character growth, and he he's almost the most main character. Of oh, like... the kids? Yeah, like him and Will probably
2: get the most focus.
1: Yes. Well, and then, yeah, so Dustin Dustin is both interested in, in Max and also dealing with uh, Dart, the, which is what he names this creature, until it grows up into, like, a dog-sized thing that can eat your face. And uh, Lucas is mostly just as a love interest of Max, who actually ends up, they end up being together. Will is dealing with the fact that he keeps seeing the Upside Down. He keeps having hallucinations, quote-unquote, except they're not hallucinations. He's actually temporarily being pulled in there and the, one of the things in the Upside Down gets a hold of them and starts like semi-possessing him and connects him into the giant network of stuff that's growing out of the Hawkins lab. And um, Mike is just being mopey because Al is gone. And so he's, he is almost a non-entity of a person. He's just He gets mad that Max is trying to join their group and constantly gets upset about that because he's he wants L to come back and then L comes back and he screams at Hopper for keeping her a secret and that's pretty <laughs> much all the stuff that he does this season. Yeah, pretty much. But, but eventually, eventually we get to the point where all these plot lines converge where Will is infected, he can't he they need to get the thing out of him so that they can kill the monster in the upside down or so they can shut it away. Um, so it likes the cold. So they put him like basically in a sauna in order to s- sweat it out of him. I'm not even kidding. That's almost exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, all of, uh, Steve, it turns out that Steve is an excellent babysitter. And so he takes the other boys and Max, actually, he gets beat up by Billy that's a side point uh he takes the other then he takes the other boys and max into the tunnels to set them on fire to distract all the monsters so that hopper can take l to the the hawkins lab which is completely abandoned because everyone died in there uh in a previous scene and she closes the gap and then obviously don't forget about bob Oh, I forgot about Bob, Man, I forgot. But yeah, so th- during this, one of the points of normalcy is that there's the character of Bob who is Joyce's b- boyfriend who like is kind of our POV character for people who forgot what happened as he's having to figure stuff out along with, like he's, he's trying to figure things uh, out and also keep up with the new stuff that's happening. Um, but Elle closes the gap and then everything is perfectly fine. And they have a nice little happy dance with all the kids where, uh, let's see, Dustin dances with Nancy who is now dance, uh, dating Jonathan, by the way. That's not important until next season. Uh, Mike finally gets to dance with L, so it's great. Will gets to dance with a random other girl that just happens to be there because neither of them have personalities. And Luke, Lucas and Max are now dating. So that's that's it. That's how we end season two. And there's definitely nothing suspect going on except for the fact that we get a cutaway scene where we see that the monster is still in the upside down trying to get back in. and joyce and hopper share a cigarette oh yes so yes just like in the seventh grade yes because everyone is pairing off yeah we have all all of our couples pairing off according to fandom expectations
0: yes as the kids say all right yeah i Yeah. yeah you you did you did pretty good for all those threads you you put it into an acceptable sweater Uh, Smells a little bit (laughs) like uh, extra-dimensional fungus. However, we can look past that.
1: That wasn't my fault. That was just the stuff I had to work with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All righty. And, uh, well, honestly, I'm not quite sure exactly where to start because there is is so much going on. I mean, mm, I suppose a good place to start is since all of this is, once again, like the first season, very much character-driven. You know, it was... We we talked a lot about in the first episode. Go watch it if you haven't. Uh, was it about how a lot of the a lot of the characters seem to be these stock characters that are very easily and very well like just elevated to another level by uh, the Duffer Brothers? So why don't we start there? I uh, I don't know. There's some new characters there's old characters new characters red characters blue characters um and then all all the arcs to go with them or non-arcs or whatever I, why, why don't we start there what are some standouts for you guys
2: with the new characters or just the characters in general
0: eh, dealer's choice
2: all right uh, i guess new characters i thought a standout was sean Assen is as bob i mm-hmm. really liked him oh yeah i like Joe was saying. He was sort of the point of view character for all those who forgot season one or their friends forced them to sit down and watch season two without letting them watch season one. So Bob was helpful for them, and he also reminded us how cool Radio Shack was when that was a thing. So gotta, res- gotta respect R- him for that.
0: R.I.P. R- Radio Shack.
2: R.I.P. Radio Shack and R.I.P. Bob. Wait, is Radio R- Shack R- dead?
0: Oh yeah, has yeah, been dead for yeah. like a decade. As bad as I went out of business so long ago.
1: Joe, did you not know? I didn't. Realize that. Okay, wow. It shows how old we've, I am. We've rocked Man, Joe's try. world today. That's. Oh. <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's been at. Oh, okay. Hold on. This is this is beside the point. We're <laughs> we're getting sidetracked here. It's true.
0: It's true. However, but, but anyway, yeah.
1: But yeah, Bob was great.
2: It was Sad to see him go because really got attached to him as the season went on. As you start to understand things more, very sweet character and Sean Astin, of course, was great. Sadie Sink as Max or Maxine thought she was a little annoying at first personally but as the season goes on and mike keeps being mean to her and excluding her you and she keeps being hurt by her brother you almost feel for her at least i did Mm -hmm. uh, and you start to like Mm -hmm. her so she definitely grew on you
0: yeah at some point it's just like all right i get it i get why everyone's apprehensive but come on that's you just just a little being a little cruel right
2: Right, yeah. And then I guess that brings us to her brother, Billy, who, while he's <laughs> fine with little screen yep, time he yeah. has, season three is definitely uh, where he shines, but we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we get a little bit of, of a, I almost feel like they kind of retroactively put in some sympathy for him. Because at the beginning a little jo- bit yeah you're like oh okay I understand why he's in this bad position where he's this he's a terrible person like he, he mm-hmm. is a terrible person yeah that's not your joke that's not mince words about it but you're yeah, like no. oh, okay I understand that he had kind of an abusive childhood and that's why he's this way and it's like they're trying to kind of buy you sympathy for him retroactively right which from I don't know for me it fell flat but that it could be dealer's choice or it could be a uh, viewers discretion on that point um season three maybe is we'll talk about that later yeah Um, i definitely i definitely agree with you that well we kind of have we have now that i'm thinking about it max and bob are our 2 po are both for the different demographics right bob is the POV character for the Mm -hmm. adults who are watching along where they're like okay i'm not exactly sure what's going on here but i'm enjoying this and he's just he's just happy to be there right he's just happy to be included he's He's exactly like Sam, right? He's just happy to be included and gonna go along and be loyal, right? (laughs) And then we got Max, who is the defiant kid character who wants explanations and wants answers Mm -hmm. and refuses to go along with things until there's absolute proof of what's going on. Which is kind of a neat contrast there. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) See, now I'm Um, trying to look up the name because you had mentioned um, we had the two characters for the demographics and I completely agree. And we actually... Even have a character who relates to us with when it comes to the teen demographic, which is the uh theory guy who Jonathan and Nancy go to see, and I cannot
1: remember his name for the life of me, so I'm trying to Murray. Murray, I think think it is Murray. We're going with Murray, he's crazy conspiracy guy in my head. That's what his name is. I don't know, I'm assuming he has an actual name. It is Murray, I confirmed.
0: Okay, oh, perfect. Yeah, I really like Murray. Just... Murray's
2: great, and I'm so glad they bring him back in Season 3. He was mm-hmm. a blast. Ooh, that'll and be good. He nailed what screen time he had, so mm-hmm. he was a lot of fun.
1: Uh, he played, He had a minor role this season, but he played it to the hilt, which is good.
0: Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, He I... had a big impact, too, which is, you, you, you know, you really wouldn't suspect. It's kind of like the uh, science teacher from last season. It's so, like, you know, mm-hmm. small role, big impact. Is, and, you know, it's... It makes sense. It's not Mm -hmm. just like, oh man, we like this character. Let's give him something really good to do. It's like, no, no, no. This guy's this guy's the one who devises the whole uh what is it? Pretty much whole whole expose. Yeah, exactly. Yep.
1: Mm, As far as oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. you 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 go. Well, I was gonna transfer to slightly different topic, which is favorite old characters. There we go. Um, obviously I mean, I think we said this last time, the two best characters are Steve and Hopper. And Steve is growing into his, like, you he, he saw the potential that he had season one, and he is growing into that potential. In Another season.
2: good name for season two is the season where everybody
1: now loves Steve. <laughs> yes, it is. The season where everyone loves Steve. Because he went, you know, he went from being a jerk, but he was also, you know, he was a high school student who mm-hmm. was didn't know what he was doing. Right. Right. To being actually a pretty decent guy. Um, and especially because of the babysitting, we get to see... We go we go from King Steve to Dad Steve, right? That's where we yes. get the transition there. Uh, and it's great. I love it. I love him taking care of the kids. And then, like, they take his unconscious body and stick him in the car. And Max <laughs> is driving, and he wakes up, and he's freaking out. And then he he just... He sticks the landing of like, okay, if we're going to do this, I'm going to be in charge. If we're going into the tunnel, then I'm going with you to protect you, even though we shouldn't be doing this. This is great. I love it.
0: Since we're here, get behind me.
1: Yep, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I really had no idea that they would go this way with it, because I mean, again, who who would have thought? It's just like there, there were so many different ways that I guess the the teenager relationship between the the three of them could go. It's like I I, I kind of did see the uh, what is it Jonathan Nancy thing kind of come up, but it's like yeah, who who would have thought that? And and they kind of I don't want to I don't want to say reference it, but it's like you know just the fact that Billy is how he is. It's like I was talking about oh yeah, where's King Steve? It's like ah King Steve's not here anymore. We, no. we got new it's, Steve.
1: Right, and it isn't. It it's interesting because. I do like how to show that off, right? In in, in a diegetic, is it the way it is? I think that's the word I'm looking for. But in in a way of showing um, instead of having him say he doesn't want to fight, he just, he keeps pulling back. He keeps pulling back until Billy's going to threaten the kids. And then it's like, oh, all right, you want to see King Steve, fine. Now he loses the fight because he hasn't fully, he hasn't finished a transformation yet, right? That's why he loses from a, from a, thematic standpoint mm-hmm. um but i was like okay you finally found the thing that he cares about enough to fight about now which is great it's great characterization right. great character growth for the character mm-hmm. great character it, growth for the character
0: yes yes uh, use the word good it's true though <laughs> yeah. it's true it is it that's exactly what it is and then the other reason he lost is because he went up against a stephen king bully which is ergo a complete sociopath with a, a sad backstory <laughs>
1: Also true, also mm. true. <laughs> Which is an unwinnable fight, and then oh, you have yeah. magic powers.
0: It's <laughs> the true. power of friendship. Well, speaking of the power of friendship, uh, just to, well, no, we'll save that for another thing. But let's go, let's go with the power of friendship and old characters together. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm glad that Will Byers had some actual stuff going on instead of just being. He's he's stuck in the fridge for a while. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's stuck in the upside down fridge. Mm-hmm. But yep. you know, about midway through it happens again. And he's just like, oh, there he goes.
1: Uh, he, although he does he gets a little bit because he gets to act as a basically a villain, right? Because he's right. He's yeah. a yeah. spy, right? That's there's the episode called the spy mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets a little bit, but still, yeah, it's he's because of that, he is my least favorite character of the four boys. Because it's like, okay, we he's the one who's talked about the talked about the most, but talks the right. least.
2: Yes, I agree. I feel like the real Will we know we do not know very well, except that mm-hmm. he's pretty shy and introverted and all that. And being known as Zombie Boy hasn't helped his charisma at all. No. It, well, ex- yeah. at least somehow it helped him more than it did Dustin when it comes to getting a dance. So, <laughs> hey, if it
0: works, it works. Poor Dustin.
2: <laughs> I know. It's so sad. He, <laughs> with the hair and everything, he tried so hard. But uh, we definitely, like you were saying, we definitely do get more of Will this season. And Noah Schnapp, I think as Will does mm-hmm. a very good job with what he's given. Because he, like you were saying, for the second half of the show, he really is playing a villain for most of it. Which I'm sure was fun. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah he wasn't really well he was half season being controlled by that mind flayer shadow monster but uh, speed of the shadow monster as far as an upgrade to the villain of the Demogorgon I thought that worked very well as Mm -hmm. far as raising the stakes uh, with our antagonists doing that on top of the uh, Demodog army and all of that I thought that worked very well
1: as a a classic escalation right? we go from Mm -hmm. one concrete Physical monster to you know this is the guy who controls all of them like we will from Darth Vader to the Emperor right that's yes. kind of a classic escalation yep almost literally what happens here um, but it yeah I thought yeah I agree that it works very well as although I do have questions about do we want to, do we want to get into questions about what the upside down is and everything or do we want to wait until later
2: um I feel like. Maybe there was more we want to say on characters. I had a couple more things I want to point out sure, with characters, yeah, but kinda, we definitely want to get to that. Um, I was trying to see what I had with characters here. I already mentioned Will. Eleven, well, not really given a ton to do. She was, I mean, we almost see her as much as Will this season. Um, it's like, mm-hmm. she, we see her, but she's sort of off on her own doing her own thing. But she's still very good both with what mm-hmm. she's given. Uh, just like in last season, she's very good. Uh, we already mentioned Hopper and Steve. Really, Hopper and Steve are the the best dads. They are peak dadness in this show, mm-hmm. because Hopper becomes Papa Hopper, and which, in my <laughs> opinion, is peak Hopper. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, nope. you have Sh- you have uh, Chief Hopper, which is great, but you can't. I mean, once once Papa Hopper enters the picture, <laughs> you can't even compare. Come on, nope. And so uh, his relationship with Eleven. Was it might be tied for my favorite relationship with um, the only I think one that ties it would be for me Dustin and Steve. I think that was a very sweet mm-hmm. friendship that I'm so glad they introduced, and I think they just knocked that out of the park.
1: Yeah, also. I mean, Dustin and Steve is not one that you're expecting. Right? No. It's not a relationship that you're like, oh, yeah, these are the two characters that need to pair up. Like, Hopper and Eleven makes sense. Right. Because Hopper, his daughter has died, and it's kind of like, in his mind, it's a replacement. Or maybe not a replacement, but a chance to try again. Um, whereas, like, Steve and Dustin, you aren't expecting it, and yet once you get it, you're like, yes, give me all of this. Give exactly. me more, more of this. more yeah, it, l- of...
0: it literally just comes out of left field because... Yep. that's that's the funny part it's just like oh these guys just happen to be here at the same time and it's just like oh well it's it's hilarious how well they're able to work off of each other
1: yeah it's great
0: right speaking of hopper and 11 i gotta say it's like as good as the uh what is it as the i don't know what it is it's like not mentor mentee thing with Steven Dustin, but it's like, yeah, I've I gotta say the stuff between Mahopper and Eleven this season was kind of my favorite thing just because of it's a character with a very, very deep history, I suppose. Mm-hmm. A very, very deep history is like, you know, he wears it on his face. You can tell that from the first time you meet him, to someone who has the claw and to find anything about about their history when you know, spending a lot of the season figuring that out. that was some good reveals too. it was mm-hmm. and of course we'll talk about it later, but it's like you know the the pacing of a lot of 11 stuff with some minor exceptions that we'll get into was mm-hmm. done very good. like those reveals mm-hmm. were spaced out pretty good. I, I would say one of my one of my favorite things is her interaction in the I, I guess we're calling it the mindscape, I don't know, just with with oh, her yeah. mother and whatnot.
2: Yeah, that was that was a highlight for sure when she finally gets to see her mom and gets to connect with her and see the flashbacks and all of that that very well done. I agree. I,
1: I also like how they handled something very well that is often handled very poorly because like you usually if a lot of times writers will say, okay, we have these two characters who are together and we need to drive them apart. And so they have a stupid misunderstanding that no sensible humans would actually have that kind of understanding because they would talk and ask people questions and and it would solve the problem. But they actually have a very believable wedge drawn, which is Hopper has things that he's dealing with and he is clearly has anxiety and clearly has like frustration with himself that he can't be there for Eleven. And then Eleven is frustrated because he she can't leave, right? Like this is the only person that she ever gets to talk to and he's not there and she can't leave. And so it's very grounded in their characters of the reason why she mm-hmm. runs away, as opposed to just being some stupid thing that they need to do to have the plot happen. It makes right. sense from a character perspective that this is happening. Yeah. And we get, the, we get the mm-hmm. scene where Hopper is talking on the, um, the speaker or whatever. And apologizing and trying to explain himself and, and he can't exactly figure out how to do it but you understand the emotion behind what he's trying to say. And it's great. It'll, I love mm-hmm. I love that I love the way I love the fact that they handled that very Yeah. Fair. The mm-hmm. only thing that is hard to believe is that Hopper
2: would leave the stuff about her mother in the same house that she lives in, when he is very clearly said she is, you know, he's very heavily implied that she's dead or gone, whatever you want to say. Fair. Yeah,
1: yeah, where where yeah, else would yeah. you put it, though?
2: I know. No, it's a super minor thing. I'm just like, I mean, either tell her the truth or make sure you've hit that really well.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: well. Yeah, I was about to say, it's it's the, was it? It's, it's the dirt file. You, you you can't exactly hide it at the regular house because they got that they still got that bugged. And speaking of speaking of them, it's well that's that's another thing the 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 Hawkins government conspiracy is you know that's that's an interesting point. It gets an interesting point of development too, but that's not character related. So you know we'll just throw that down the line. <laughs> I feel like we've probably,
2: unless you guys had other things to mention, I feel like we've pretty much covered think... characters pretty well at this point.
1: Well, wow, the, the only thing I can think of is the thing about episode 11 or 11 up episode 7 um which might as well be episode 11 yeah well it says it's episode about 11 and its episode which is hey, oh, hey, hey. part partially character problems partially char- partially uh pacing problems which is we you know Jack you mentioned before that um we don't get a lot of 11 for most of the season and instead they just give us an entire episode that is a dump of everything related to 11 all at once, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting with uh, sorry, what were you going to say, Joseph?
0: Uh oh, I, I wasn't really going to I was really going to say anything other than it's like for for folks who have not seen episode 7 is just the 11 episode where she finds the other psychic child. Yeah,
2: exactly. It does extremely little to add on to the overall season. Most of the growth that Eleven had done, uh, she could have either found at her mom's house or somewhere else in between leaving and coming back. It was, I feel like she had very little character growth in that episode personally. and the episode itself, uh, it gets a lot of hate. I feel like it would get a lot less hate if it was somehow released separately or Mm -hmm. just, it was just personally, I think the worst, thing it could have done was be put where it was because it it came right after what is possibly to my knowledge the best cliffhanger we've gotten from any episode uh, which is episode 7 we've realized Will has been a spy for the Mm -hmm. Shadow Monsters entire time the entire army that went down to take out a lot of the demodogs have been massacred and now the demodogs are coming up to the lab and
0: you're like, oh my gosh, so, what's gonna there's happen? Just so many of them. Right. Know, it's terrifying. Too many.
2: And then you're thinking, okay, what's gonna happen? Well, the entire episode about 11, which is not what anybody wants when you are that in like that high strung. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, what the heck is gonna happen? This is not what I wanted. So I feel like a lot of people were irritated mainly because of that. Um, which is understandable, but mm. like, I feel like you take that like me going back and watch it now. I feel like I liked it more now than I did before because I know what happens. I have that resolution. It's not like I'm freaking out, like what the heck's going to happen. I do not care what's going off 11 right now. When you take that into context, it's, again, not a great episode, possibly, probably, I can't remember. We'll get to season three, but from seasons one and two, it is pretty easily the worst episode, but it is still not what I would say a, is a bad episode, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: the problem it's is it's a six instead of a, instead of an eight. Yeah, which yeah. is what the rest of them are. Sure,
1: yeah, let's go with it, that. It's the, the problem is you cannot you built you built excellent tension at the end of episode six. Right, you cannot maintain that tension over an hour of watching unrelated stuff. Like the, the the, I do not care about eleven at that point because I I all of the other characters I care about are all in peril. I think, except for Nancy and Jonathan, right? They're the only ones that aren't there, I think. Right. And so, everybody else is in peril, so that is what I care about. Yep. So, so you know what would have been an excellent way to do this? If they... The correct way to do this is to front-load all of Eleven's stuff. And so, then, like, I don't know, maybe it's episode 5 is where they have this going on. Yeah. Something like that. Hmm. And then... And then they don't show Eleven for the entire second half until she shows up and throws the Demodogs around to save them when they're getting attacked. Because then it's like you've almost forgotten about her. Because like her her stuff happened, and you're like, oh, no, how are they gonna get out of this? How are they gonna... We don't know. We don't. And then you start seeing them getting thrown. Like you actually you you're just inside the house and you hear them getting thrown around, but you don't know what's going on. And then you re- see her walk through the door and you remember, and it's very cathartic. That would be so much a better way to pace it. And mm-hmm. then seven, then that episode is another episode where you get important plot details, but it doesn't stick out as being so annoying like that. Right. It would, could have very much done well as like an episode five, like you put it right in the middle. Yep.
2: Could have exactly. worked very well.
0: Or, or even middle, like, right? this, like episode six or something. It's like, uh, I mean, you can keep the, you can keep like the, I don't want to say keep it almost exactly the same because i mean part of it is directly finishing up like oh uh the the mind mindscape journey or whatever so you know there'd have to be a little rearranging but it's like in the end it's like if you just keep it before they do the hospital stuff with will Mm -hmm. which you know and then at least all all that if anything it leads to more good dramatic stuff because you know what is it when she leaves, the thing that gets her to leaves is like, she sees visions of like seeing Hopper in that room and seeing, uh, what is it? Uh, Mike saying, it's like, Oh, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's Like, Oh man, what's going on here? It's like, and then, you know, then we figure out, Oh, that's what happened. Because was it? I, I love it when shows do that. Just like the, the parallel episode It's like oh yeah one episode stuff's going on and then something will happen that's just like oh what, what how, mm. how did that happen and then another episode expands on it which is i mean i still liked it that they did it that way that kind of saved the last couple minutes of of that episode for me but yeah it could have it just kind of felt like hey i want to we want to do this one we got the we got the budget we got the power to let's mm-hmm. do it where should we put it uh yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like it was just thrown in there willy nilly like, I mean, some other things. But you know,
2: it was almost like they were trying to do a pilot for another show in a lot Ser- of ways.
0: Exactly, yeah. it felt like it felt like uh, Book of Boba Fett syndrome where we got <laughs> where we got Mandalorian two point five. Right. It's like you know, mm-hmm. listen, I I I expected to see it. It almost did feel like some kind of marvel thing which we talk about marvel a lot but it's it's permeated society it's part of society that we we live in this society but it's like i expected to see well the outcasts will 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 return in stranger things outcasts coming Uh. (laughs) it's like no i don't care about these dweebs I don't. It was. It, I mean, they're not even dweebs. They're like psychotic, but they're less than. I don't dweebs. even care.
1: They're less than dweebs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're the only character we care about in that whole thing is Eleven, right? Because she's the only one that returns. So,
0: right. I think yeah. the Duffer Brothers wanted the wanted to include the the fact that the '80s started the the punk like subgenre even more than they did the last season so they're like listen what's more punk than an (laughs) urban environment in the 80s i don't know so give us give us everything and then it's like and i have no idea what season three is is it watching this for the show's first time i saw season two so i don't know if they do come back For season three, but this I feel like the only reason (laughs) – you're kidding me. I feel like that's the only reason they were included. is like not for their own show or anything. It was just, oh, man, we're going to have wacky adventures with them next season. And they don't even show up.
2: Well, I think it's after the bad reception of that episode they decided, and we're done. Yeah.
0: I mean, good – yeah, I I, I guess. But, you know – Eh, okay in in that case we still have two
2: more seasons they might come back or at least eight might come back in four or five i'd be shocked if we didn't at least see her again
0: two seasons what i thought they're ending on five i could be wrong Uh, we'll find out we'll find out yeah that makes sense but yeah uh what is it speaking of 80s influences uh bad transition joe what do you want to talk about the upside down for
1: Oh, well, so I have, I have questions about the upside down, because is it an alternate? Is it a parallel universe? Is it an alternate dimension? Is it another planet in the same universe? Because some of those things make sense, but not all of those things. Like some of the things that we know about it don't all make sense for any of those. Because like, let's say, let's say it's another planet in the same universe, right? Why does it have a bunch of houses that look like it has all the houses and buildings and stuff from Mm. our world? But then it's like, okay, is it an alternate universe? So this is an alternate reality where these shadow monsters exist and have eaten everyone? But why would they still have all the same houses and things already? Hmm. What makes the most sense to me is that, this, this is the explanation that only, the only explanation that makes sense to me. There is a I don't know if it's an alternate planet, alternate universe how big they want to go, but like the fact that Eleven tore a rift caused the mirroring effect so like in the immediate vicinity of where the rift has been torn the uni- the area that they're seeing is a mirror of our world but if you go beyond like if you go further out from there it goes into just whatever that world naturally would be that's the only way that that makes any sense to me i don't you could tell me if you think i'm overthinking this or not but
0: that, that would make sense for the mirror thing because it's it's, it's... I figured it was just like a property of that world that it bleeds out and like infects the in air and air quotes real world. But I mean, it, I guess it might make sense that our world infected it too, by yeah. mirroring the architecture. Maybe. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, it even changes with like uh, real life too. Cause like you see the, the ending shot of the season is of like the school and it's got like the, the winter ball banners on it, yeah. but they're like all, you know, upside down or whatever. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it's like they're bleeding into each other. I don't know. But it's like it really is that sort of, you know, it could be a bunch of different things. But, uh, yeah, what do you think, Jack? I'm
2: I'm just still trying to process it. I feel like both worlds are happening at, you know, the same time because, like, you mentioned the thing with the snowball and all that. So I feel like both worlds have to be I'm not even gonna say same time zone, but going through the same time, experiencing things at the same time because with the uh, I wanna say with Snowball the lights were on and all that. So it's like basically the mirror world you're able to see these buildings and they are still the creatures in the upside down are able to touch and interact with the environment only to a certain point.
0: With but the they can't see them, right?
2: Yeah, like the lights and stuff like that. And they mm-hmm. even reference that a little bit in season two. But as far as the extent, it's like they can't touch like living, breathing things in that world. They can affect the environment only so much, they can see the environment. The environment reflects what we're seeing in the real world to a certain extent, but it's definitely not the exact same world and yeah. It's, yeah it's it's not super clear but it's it is interesting to think about
1: yeah Well also the question is I, I i have a feeling you can and my evidence for this so my my feeling is that the the demidogs the demogorgon creatures are the native inhabitants of that world mm-hmm. but the mind flayer i guess is what we call him right the mind flayer is not a native inhabitant of that world i'm my thought and the reason for this is I because he controls the Demi-Dogs, mm-hmm. and he also can control Will. So my assumption is that that is a creature that goes from world to world, like, can- consuming things and integrating them into itself. And it has completely overtaken the world that we call the Upside Down. It has completely consumed that, and then when L tears the hole between them, it's like, oh new food now i can spread to a new world and that's why it starts growing out with it. like it is willing the tendrils to grow out like that's mm-hmm. not a thing that just happens because the worlds are touching it's a because the world is here i'm going to grow out into it and try to eat things and i'm going to send yeah. some of my pets over there to do my building. but i'm also going to start taking hostages basically to yeah to push my agenda forward so i, I think i think that the mind flare is and we actually. Well, we can talk about this in season three, but we see even more evidence of that because it like grows itself in our world. All right, well, I'm spoiling it for Joseph. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, oh no! Just ah! kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing happens. Nothing happens. I mean, I
0: knew he was coming back. He, it, whatever it is, is he's coming? I, yeah, back, I don't know what the. You
1: know. Uh, I think we get them. then. Respect. respect <laughs> I think actually, I'm pretty sure it prefers. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's how that's you fair. should refer to it
0: yes yes indeed and uh was it I, I'm i willing to believe that one a lot because I mean you know we went with the uh, we've, we've gotten the whole D&D definitions from last season and this season have been fairly accurate despite the, <laughs> Hopper not seeing the relevance it's like you know yeah. oh yeah sees us as inferior uh was it is it's a it's a foreigner in this yep. world. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it doesn't even know where it's from sort of thing. It's like, eh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's where we get. Just,
1: it's just a say, world Joe? carnivore. It's, it's not just a carnivore on like individual animals. It's a carnivore on worlds.
0: Carnivore, yeah. carnivore mind flare, The latest hit band to come out of the nineties. Um,
1: Good grief.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was
2: definitely a punk band or a ska band.
0: One of the two. I, I can see sky actually. Yeah. All right, guys. New background noise project. Start the ska band. No. The carnivore mind flayers.
1: Nope. I, I reject new I reject
0: Patreon graffiti. goal. 100 <laughs> subscribers. We goal. start this, the, the carnivore
1: mind flayers.
2: If we reach our stretch goal, that's um. That could oh, no. That's a
1: Kickstarter uh, thing, not a Patreon thing. Exactly. Oh, that is a, that is a live slug reaction right there oh god
0: uh. horrifying mm.
2: but it's funny you mentioned the dungeons and dragons because that's where we actually get one of my favorite dustin lines where he's trying to explain the mind flare to hopper and he's like and he starts making all these exceptions he's like uh, you know what it, it's just a game it's not perfect not a great <laughs> analogy but you know just
1: i'm trying here yeah i do like how he goes on a, a big explanation <laughs> Explanation of how you have to summon a zombie army, and then he realizes, "Wait, we can't do that. Never mind. Back up. Back it up."
0: <laughs> I'm very sorry I wasted your time. I will. Yep. I will go on. <laughs> but uh, I feel like
2: we you know, pretty much covered a decent chunk of it. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like you already mentioned. You know, it's got a lot of great. Really tense moments where tension's really high and you've know, got different chase scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I got, especially uh, episode eight and nine. but mm-hmm. some scenes we have that are just as good are some of the one-on-one scenes where you just get people talking like, possibly my favorite scene is the one between Dustin and Steve. them just talking on the train tracks, just something sweet oh, like yeah. that, and the snowball them finally putting that in that was very sweet. It's the little things like that which just show that the best shows normally are the ones that focus primarily on character above everything else.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and giving you a chance to actually care about those characters. Yep. I mean, the characters you care about care about characters you care about. It's all take notes. Not, take,
0: I don't take, say character. Again. However, you're right.
1: <laughs> Characterly you speaking. You have, you, have, you have to characterize mm-hmm. the characters in a characteristic manner so they can go through character growth. Characteristically speaking. Characteristic yes, characteristically yes.
0: speaking. I'm about to turn you all into characters who have a who have an end date on the Wikipedia.
1: No. Anyway. He
0: went there. Wow. <laughs> well, a little 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 violent, a little little scary there. Speaking of scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I did it. I used proper transitions. Uh was it? You're talking about uh, tension, Jack. I would I would say that... Uh, what is it? This one is a lot more suspenseful, intense. This, I say this one. This season, uh, you know, a lot more suspenseful, a lot more tense than the last one's uh, more, I suppose, spooky feel, which it was. It, and it had tension there, too, but I mean... It was... They're, they're showing the Terminator everywhere. Of course, it's going to be more tense. <laughs> it's, but, uh, yeah, I would say probably my favorite scene with that, that I just i had to bring up. It was, it's an early one, actually. It's in the third episode when, uh was it Joyce is like looking over the, the camera footage. Also mm. another good way to set up like, mm. yeah. Another thing about the, the upside down, their relationship with Bob and stuff. That was, I think that's where Bob really got endeared to me there. Mm. But uh yeah, just reviewing the footage and seeing the mind flare in the outline and just the, Oh, the, the score kicks in just right, and she you you get the you get the look in her eye from like the first season when she's about to string up the lights. It's like, oh, here we go, it's about to kick off, and you know she you know frantically sketching out the thing. She's just like, oh, that's the stuff right there. Good, good job, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, that, that is the first instance where we realize, like, we we know kind of what's going on. We know that it's not Will dreaming. But, like, we only know it because we know tropes. That is the first point where we're like, this is proof that Will is right. not just dreaming. This is, something- this is when the show confirms it for us. Yes. Yep. This, yeah. Which is the most eerie and menacing point, right? The point where you realize, oh, that you remember that monster that we fought that we spent all of last season fighting and it took forever for us to finally get to be able to kill it? Yeah, that's not a big threat compared that's to what we have coming.
0: That thing was a minion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. All right. How are we looking on time? Oh man, we we actually were able to squeeze a lot out of this one. Yeah. I would say yeah. just because it's such a good show. But I mean, I wanted to bring this up just to see if you guys had anything uh written down about it, but just like the fact that this is branded like a like an '80s movie, Stranger Things two, in like the thing, like the the title screen itself. It's like the big oh, the big two comes in. It's again a very very good intro. It's like you know, just there's a lot of sequel elements that are sort of present, kind of like the just there's the callback either in in theme or or prop or anything. And It's just there, there was there was a lot of those without it being to me without seeming to hey guys, remember this? So I think they kind of executed the concept of this second season acting like a sequel, uh, a movie sequel, pretty well. But I, I was wondering if you guys had anything just about about that in general, just like, you know, if anything stood out to you in that sense. or anything. Like sequel elements? Yeah, sort
1: of. I, I actually didn't even think about that until you brought it up because i i I knew yeah i thought it was kind of silly i thought it was kind of like a funny little um thing that they made it stranger things 2 as opposed to just like stranger things it's the second season yeah Um, oh yeah but i really didn't feel other than the the general vibe of tension escalation right we got to go from Mm -hmm. we had to go to a bigger monster uh other, other than that problem i didn't really get sequel vibes i got continuation of story vibes so as good sequels should do as good sequels should do yeah
2: yeah um the only way i really thought about these sequel elements was just the characters definitely reflect something what has happened in season one they aren't these same characters they've definitely grown from what has happened in season one some of them you know have grown to be better like steve others um are mopey and sad from what happened like mike (laughs) just <laughs> de- depending on the character, they've definitely have acknowledged and have grown. And season two is definitely built on season one, like a good sequel should.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, well, that, that's kind of that's kind of all I got, guys. As not not that this I was. I was kind of thinking this would be more of an ensemble episode, and it seems we've accomplished that pretty well, just like Stranger Things Season 1 and 2. But uh, yeah, I feel like we should maybe move on to some number ratings. I can't, re- I can't remember what we... I, I should have reviewed, <laughs> reviewed our podcast to see what we gave the first season, but uh, either way... Uh, let's see. I don't even remember I'll, if we did. I don't
2: think we did for Season 1. Yeah. Hey, why not? We're we professionals what? after all yes exactly
0: why don't we just do both now and that way people will have to watch this episode if they want to know what we thought of the first one i (laughs) like it i I like these i like these ideas here all right uh what is it i'll start (sighs) us i gotta say stranger things season one nine out of ten i really liked it really cool pretty cool but anyway season two just it didn't lose itself it didn't do anything too crazy while also doing things that were very crazy and good, you know, building upon that already good foundation without, uh, I suppose, caving to the, to the whims of a bigger budget, which, I mean, you can automatically tell. The first scene we get, of course, is, okay, they got a budget now. And yeah, <laughs> that, didn't, that on, the only positive things came from that, aside from episode seven. And mm-hmm. as such, I will give Season 2 also a 9 out of 10.
1: Fair. I, I'm i also uh, Season 1, 9 out of 10. With If they didn't have Season 7 messing things up, messing up the flow, I would... Episode 7? Maybe... Yeah, sorry, did I say Season 7? Yeah, you're good. If they didn't have Episode 7 messing up the flow... I really I... hope we don't get a Season 7. <laughs> yeah. We well,
0: hope well, we don't get a Season
1: 5. I would say the same for season two, but that does take it down a point for me. So season two is at as a solid eight, but still pretty good. Still excellent. Yep. I'm pretty
2: much in agreement with both you guys. Season one is definitely a nine for me. Season two. It's frustrating too, because season one told the entire story in eight episodes. Season two could have done the exact same thing, but they put on, they decided to do nine and throw that other episode in there, which was not necessary. So that does pull it down a little bit closer to sort of like, uh 8.5 to an 8 for me. If you put that aside of course it still has that same quality of a 9 but with that additional episode in mind it is closer to like an 8 but I still absolutely loved it and if I were to re the show I would definitely watch both seasons as a thing and personally I think I forgot to mention this, I would have been totally happy they just ended at season 2 because I thought it brought back a lot of the things and we saw a lot of growth. Pretty much every character had a decent ending I wish Steve had ended up with somebody nice because I feel like he deserved better than Nancy. But aside (laughs) from that, everyone else pretty much had nice endings and were mostly happy. So I loved how season two ended and um, one and two, I think make for a very good story. So I Mm -hmm. I love them both, but that's probably my ratings there.
0: Oh yeah. I agree. And I would say the, I mean I said the same thing about season one. It's like, oh, it doesn't need a season two. Where what what can they do? And it's like, oh, they can do a lot. Nah. But I've got a feeling I'm not going to be i I'm well, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of my cautious optimism bubble. I'm gonna put my toe in the water and say I'm gonna be wrong about season three as well. But, you know, after hearing what you just said, Jack, uh that toe's going right back in the circle. So uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah but uh yeah that's that's everything from us here uh, uh tune in next time next time being uh, i don't know when because uh in between now and the release of season four we are going to be covering the third season of stranger things okay. so keep an eye out for that uh next week we are of course going into more stranger things only it's uh what is it strange because we're talking about mr doctor Uh, i'm sorry Uh, dr dr strange which i mean i suppose it is but who are we to judge uh yeah we're talking about dr strange one and two um and i think that's about it uh we Uh have been your hosts uh and of course if you've been listening Great job. You made it all the way through. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Uh, And if you've not, (laughs) well, then that's just fine. Uh, You've been listening to background noise. And if Bob has taught us anything, remember don't confront your fears, always be afraid.